Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to the Glory Hunters podcast. I'll tell you who's on this week. It's Tim Vine, Alex Lowe. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. hello. Nice to be here. We're a team. We said hello yeah. exactly at the same time. <laughs> he did. It's very good. You're representing Sutton United. Yes. Well, I am. Oh, 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 Have you seen oh, oh, Sutton before, Alex? I've never seen Sutton before, but I'm very happy to be with uh, Tim here. Ever and been to uh, any non-league football at all? Yeah, yeah. I used to go to Wheelstone a lot. I oh, was nice. a reserve ball boy at Chesham United when I was about 12. Reserve ball boy? Reserve ball boy. Wow. boy. That's pretty low down. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the way they were playing. Yeah, there was a lot of going to retrieve the ball from the car park in the churchyard. Uh, Where does the reserve ball boy sit? Uh, he doesn't. He sits jealous of his young pals. He just sits. But he's out in the open. He's not in the dressing room. Was I waiting for? Him. Oh no! Yeah, very much out in the open. Yeah, there wasn't much covered at Chesham in those days. Oh, good. I love all this podcast extra content. Isn't this great? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And on the other team, representing Everton, it was of course Mike Parry Thank and you. Natalie Sawyer. Hello, yeah. hello, Natalie. Did you have a nice weekend? We... I did. Yes. Had a lovely weekend. Thank you very much. Did Brentford win at the weekend? I didn't check. Uh, no, it was a boring, goalless draw Ooh, with Stoke. Dude. Oh dear. Yes, not the best. I, I was away. You were away. What a shame, of course. Uh, you were at a wedding, weren't you? I was at a wedding in Ireland, Very so nice. yeah, I don't remember much about it. Mike, terrible weekend for Everton? Of course it was, and terrible times at Everton. And, uh, you know, we've got to do something about it. Charlie, if you're in charge here, I'd like yeah, to know one thing. Yeah. How come I am not the captain of the Everton team? We'll get to that in the podcast, won't we, when we actually record the show. But this is the podcast. Here it comes. We'll what find out now. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters here on TalkSport, the show that aims to find the smartest celebrity fans in football. Our guests represent the team they've always supported in a contest that sees the winner progress to the next round, while the losers may not even make the end of season montage. But just who will end up on the cutting room floor? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. So on today's show, team captain and comic actor Alex Lowe. Hello, Alex. Hello there. Nice to be here. Nice to have you back. Thank you very much. And you are joined by comedian, I'm going to say legend, comedy legend. Yeah, very much And so. Sutton United fan, Tim Vine. Hello, Tim. Hello. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Looking forward to this tussle. And um, now you, you're the first non-league team we're going to have on the show. Is that right? Oh, which, right I'm, which I'm very excited about, supporting yeah. a non-league team myself. feel like we're underrepresented mm. in the whole of British sports media. Mm -hmm. How long have you supported Sutton United and how much do you love them? 
Well, it's it's interesting. I was I was sort of. I mean, they are they are the, the team that's nearest to where I was born. But um, I kind of I happened to mention in a uh, in an interview that they were near where I was born, and then someone from Sutton United heard that and invited me to a game. So I sort of was kind oh. of encouraged to be a fan, and now I am a fan. But initially, it was uh, oh, am I? Oh, I am. <laughs> am I right? Okay, yeah, I am a fan. But now I am a fan. Yes. Do you have a shirt? And that is the amber and chocolates, isn't it? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Do you, have, have, a, do you have any any merch? Uh, yeah, I have one which says uh, Vine on the back of it. Yeah, and uh, and I once was a uh, I once was a mascot. I once led the uh, the team out. Oh, really? Yeah. God, and, how old were uh, you? Uh, I was actually in my uh, late thirties. <laughs> and um, and I said to the captain at the time, um, yeah. "Can I hold your hand?" And he said, "No." Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! That, what a shame. Who yes. was the captain? What was his name? I can't remember, but he was a um, a bit of a brute. <laughs> You're up against Everton today. Have you ever been tempted to support a Premier League club? Um, no, I mean I do love watching the, the Premier League, um, the, the games, and all the you know match of the day and all that sort of thing. I can't say I, I know Everton is is the team we're up against. Yeah, I don't have particularly a soft spot for them. Particularly, no. I used to like it in the days when uh, Lineker was playing for them. And um, we but, don't want uh, you. Yeah. You know, we don't want a man who. Uh, I wasn't offering. Royal tablets, you know. Excuse uh, me. The only reason yeah. I've got this is so that yeah. I say I'll rattle through this and I go like that. All right. So there's, there's not, that's, that's the only reason. The prop. Yeah. And by the way, it's, it's very obvious from what you've told us already. Yes. You're not a celebrity fan. You're a celebrity freeloader. How dare you? Yes. Because you've already talked about having to bring a tie for the game that you're going to see next, right? Yes, yes. Because you only uh, get into the boardroom if you've got a tie. Freeloader. Uh, the voice you hear there is Mike Parry. Let me just say this to you, Mike Parry. Okay. A man I, I greatly respect as a yes. broadcaster. But I will just yeah. say this. You're the one. Yes. You, you, you are, the reason why you're being quite aggressive towards me yeah. already is because you mm. are a supporter of Sutton. And I tell you for how. You spend so much time in the Weatherspoons in Sutton, you're propping up the economy. Well, I probably am. I probably am. Uh, in fact, I was in Weatherspoons only a couple of days ago. There we are. Breakfast, actually. Exactly. And uh, a lot of the people in there were Sutton United fans. There we are. And I have to say, wasn't impressed by their calibre. Right. But they like you, because oh, well, they, they know do, yeah. one of their own. Of course they do. It's, he's one of our own. He's one of our own. He's Michael Parry. He's one of our own. Oh, is Michael Parry here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's very kind of you. You haven't introduced our captain yet. I haven't introduced you yet. Oh, right, you okay, still yeah, managed yeah. to talk. <laughs> all right. I'm going to okay. speak to Alex Lowe first. Alex, you're Thank a Wolves you. fan. Mm. How yes. do you feel about representing Sutton United? Uh, I don't mind. I mean, I quite like uh, non-league sort of stuff. I go and see Barnet occasionally. Okay, yeah. Uh, Wealdstone. My dad used to play for Harrow Borough back yeah. in the day. So uh, I'm quite keen on that, you know, up against the, the multi-millionaires trotting around the pitch. It's the best. I like it. It's a bit more earthy and There's real. There's nothing yeah. like it. It's absolutely brilliant. Like it. There's yeah. no VAR. You can have a That's pint right. on the terraces if you're in the, in the National Exam. That's right. You get, when you go down to regional yeah. football, you can have a pint. I it's mean, the best. If you go to Wealdstone, their burgers are fantastic. The football's terrible, but the burgers are absolutely sensational. I feel sorry for anyone who doesn't support non-league football. Yeah, That's my right. thing. Yeah, yeah. Natalie, you've sat there very quietly, Hello. respectfully of the other team. Natalie Sawyer, Brentford fan, of course. Yes, we have to just get, get that in there. A nil-nil Saturday. Nil-nil Saturday, not great. Uh, no. Against a team you'd have thought we might win because uh, win against because it was Stoke, bottom of the table. But wow. hey-ho. And, and next, uh, Natalie, <laughs> in he her team... He needs no introduction. He, well, he does need yeah. a bit of an introduction. <laughs> yeah. Is a broadcasting titan. You happy with that? 
No, oh, you mean this situation? I thought you meant the captain of the Everton team. No, I mean the captain of the Everton team here in this oh, place. Oh, here, I'm Glory sorry. Right, okay. Everton, yeah. not having the best season, and they're, of course, one of, the, one of the Premier League teams that's never been down. Have they never been out of the top division? Is that correct, Mike? Uh, they have for two seasons, but they've never been down in my lifetime. I was born in the 50s. Everton yeah. never gone down. Neither have Liverpool, neither have Arsenal. Don't you think it'd be good? He's, he's, uh, he's, grinning, about he's yeah, grinning about he's something. He's grinning about something. He's laughing at you. I'm thinking yeah. you're um, a lucky no, charm for, <laughs> for Everton. I am a lucky charm for Everton. The team that we last put out, which got beaten, the yeah. Everton team, cost £317 million. Pounds. Yeah. The most expensive team we've ever put out, we still got beaten. So the scene is set for Sutton United v Everton, a fixture that on paper looks like a one-sided cup affair. But here on Glory Hunters, the game isn't played on paper, it's played on the radio. So to see who kick us off, let's listen to this clip of Paul Merson talking about his attack of nerves ahead of the penalty shootout against Argentina in France 98. I'm on the halfway line, I'm going to take a penalty against Argentina. And all I'm doing is standing there thinking, I'm going to let my wife, my kids, my family, the whole country. If I can't score against Sheffield United in a Mickey Mouse championship game on a Tuesday night, how am I going to score against Argentina? And I'm standing there and Glenod will see me petrified on the halfway line. And he'd come up to me and I, I think he would still be managing now if he didn't say what he said as a bloke manager tactics he was different class brilliant very spiritual though very spiritual and he sort of seen me on the halfway line petrified and he come up to me and he used to do this thing with his hand he got his hand he put it on my chest and he went you will not miss and then i went up and i put the ball on the spot and the goal was as long as the stadium honestly i knew i couldn't miss glenn had told me i was going to score and the goalkeeper started arguing with the ref about something i thought don't use your joker on me i mean glenn's told me you can blindfold me now you know glenn said i'm scoring and I eat it and he went the right way and he got his hand to it and I put it in the it went in the top corner and lucky enough I scored. But I look back now and I think if Inson Batty was as scatty as me, we'd have won the World Cup. Paul Merson on his penalty against Argentina in the France 98 World Cup. So here is the question we're going to ask you. Paul Merson scored 78 league goals for Arsenal during his time at Highbury. But how many of those were penalties? Alex and Tim, we shall start with you. Tim is going to put his hand it's, it's on my chest. It's nearest the pin and this is just the start. I cannot get this wrong. I think, um, I think that quite a small number were penalties. My feeling is three, but shall we say oh, four? I, 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 you think higher than that? 
No, no, listen, you're, you're in charge. You're Just the captain, in fact. Depends, days, really, if he was on penalties, isn't it? Yeah, Murph. Well, he was taking the penalties for England. He must I have been taking... I can tell you this. I was, uh, I was working as a, uh, a steward at Wembley Stadium when uh, Arsenal uh, lost to Luton in the League Cup final. Show and off. Martin Hayes missed a penalty. Oh. He's a lazy Martin Hayes. La, 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 la. <laughs> Can I have an answer, please? How many of oh, Arsenal goals were penalties? We're going to go four. Four? Yeah. Mike... Parry and Natalie Sawyer, what do you think? Paul Merson scored much less than yes. four. four. We think yes. How many? How many less? Well, you did. That's not the. That's not the question, is it? I mean, I well, it is uh, the question. Uh, I'm asking for a number of goals. Uh, uh, yeah. I okay. wouldn't even be surprised if it was zero. Yeah. Zero less is the zero. same. No, 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 no. You've asked me for yeah, one for less than four. Zero. Two, the number none. zero. He scored none. Natalie is he the was... captain. What do you think? I'm going to go with none. You didn't go with score none. any. Okay. The answer is. Zero. Oh. Congratulations. Oh, you will be playing oh, first. Oh, OK. The only means... reason he took that penalty for England was it was a penalty shootout. Oh, well, I, well I knew that. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but admit, Alex, your, your team member, said, hmm, I didn't know he took penalties for England. Well, lots of people do in a penalty shootout. Fantastic. Yeah. OK, so well, that means true. Everton, you have control of the board and the chance to get a five-goal head start as we play... Higher or lower? I'm doing Bruce, it's Bruce Forsyth. I'm doing Bruce Forsyth. Okay, all you have to do, Everton, is predict higher or lower, depending upon the category I select from this set of footballer top trumps. They are international players, is international players. If you lose control of the board, the opposition can steal the goals. You understand the game? Yes. Pretty classic game. Okay, we're going to start with Robert Lewandowski and on Caps. He has 89 caps. Mm. Robert Lewandowski. And we're going to go to Gareth Bale. Does he have more or less caps than Robert Lewandowski? For Wales, currently, Lewandowski's 89. Gareth Bale. I don't think he's reached that number yet. No, I don't. I would have thought lower. I would just say lower. You're going to go go lower? Lower. It is lower. Gareth Bale has 68 Caps. Two out of two so far. So we go to goals now. Gareth Bale has 26 goals for Wales. Yeah. Sergio Aguero, does he have higher or lower the amount of goals for Argentina than Gareth Bale does have for Wales? Higher or lower? Higher. Lower. <laughs> it's a good game. What do you think at home? Yeah. Anyone yes. want to do, do, do an impression I while they're... <laughs> Here's the girls. We're so appealing. Come on, Mike. Do your dealing. Thank you. Brilliant impression, Tim. Okay. We're having a... Too much frivolity, right? We're having a Bruce... What's a chinwag with Bruce Forsyth impressions? I'm sure you weren't showing those cards to our opposition. I was doing that as well, but carry on. What do we think? Gareth Bale, more or higher or lower goals than Sergio Aguero. No, no, hang on. What's the question? Has Aguero got more or less? Higher or lower right, is Aguero, the question. Cool. If it's, we're saying that Aguero has more goals. That's, more what, goals. that's what we're saying. Higher, higher the amount of goals. Higher. So higher, higher, you say. Gareth Bale has 26 goals. Sergio Aguero has 33 Ooh. goals. Three out of three. Oh, Congratulations. Okay, so trophies. We're on now. We're on trophies. Sergio Aguero has seven trophies. Manuel Neuer, how many trophies does he have? Higher or lower the amount of trophies than Sergio Aguero? Higher or lower? Sergio Aguero oh, this has... Is a trick question, I think. Here we go. I think it's... What, Noah's got more? Manuel Yeah, I think it's a trick question. Hmm. All right, well, let's go with that. Yeah, go on. We think Neuer has more. Higher, so you say. Higher. <laughs> higher. Neuer, higher. 
Yeah. Uh, Noya, hiya. It's 16 trophies. Oh, Congratulations. Wow. Fantastic. That's we go back to caps. Go back to caps. Oh, right. Manuel Neuer has 74 caps mm. for Germany. Paul Pogba for France. Ooh. Higher or lower the amount of caps to take the five goals. so much younger. To take the five goals. We're going to go lower. Going to go lower the amount of caps. You are right to go lower. 49 caps. Congratulations. Sorry to Sutton United. We haven't got a single question wrong yet. No. So there we are. a single question yet. (laughs) Everton take the lead. 5-0. Still to come. Tim will attempt to convince us that Sutton United are a bigger club than Everton. And Danny Murphy shares some of his favourite quotes from the world of football. Don't tell those coming in the final result of this fantastic match, but let's have another look at Italy's winning goal. What? Don't tell those coming in the final result of fantastic. That doesn't make sense. You're listening to Glory Hunters on TalkSport, where Alex Lowe and Tim Vine are representing Sutton United, while Natalie Sawyer and Mike Parry are on the Everton team sheet. Right now, it's time for this. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. Everton, Mike Parry, Natalie Sawyer, you are going to go first. This isn't about medals on the table. This is an exercise in winning hearts and minds. And your time starts now. Mike Parry, Natalie Sawyer, tell us why Everton are a bigger club than Sutton United. Well, Sutton United don't have a world-famous suite named after them. Everton Mints, okay. And the toffee lady at Everton walks round the perimeter of the ground and she throws them into the crowd. And if you get an original Everton suite, it could now be worth up to £100, you know? Now, Sutton don't have anything like that. The nearest thing I would see Sutton do would be throwing, I don't know, something like penny chews into the crowd or something like that. That's why Everton the greatest. Also, Sutton have never had a centre-forward called the Golden Vision. Alex Young, the Golden Vision, okay? The man who went beyond football. He was called the Golden Vision because he ghosted through defences. Do you see what I mean? He was small, blonde, five foot seven inches, came from Scotland, but truly a vision. That's why we called him the Golden Vision. Goodison Park was the first ground in the world that had terraces around the four sides of the ground and raised seating areas above. Hence, they're called stands, okay? Because the people below them stood and then they referred to the stands as the people, the peasants, standing below the seated. That's why they're known as stands. Everton also, right, played in a cup final where the players wore numbers for the first time ever in 1933, but the numbers were from 1 to 22. So the Manchester City goalkeeper was one and the Everton goalkeeper was 22 and they went through the team, Okay, You didn't know that, did you? Everton also won the second division championship in 1931, the first division championship in 1932 and the FA Cup in 1933. Has never been done before in the history of football. What else do you want to know? We've got a church in the corner of our ground. What else do you want to know about how brilliant Did Everton you, are? Did you used to be at, An- was Anfield your home? Uh, very, very, very early on, but they charged <laughs> too much for the so rent. So much bigger, though, that yeah. they gave it to, Ev- no, to, to Liverpool and, and they, they wanted to uh, They charged us too much rent and we got out. Anfield was a shack. I mean, you've got to remember, when I was born, Liverpool Football Club were a music hall joke. Tim Vine would have made jokes about them on stage. <laughs> they were so poor and pathetic, right? And the balance of power in Liverpool has oscillated ever since. 
The question was, why are Everton bigger than Sutton yeah, United? Well, I, I, don't, I, don't feel like, I don't feel like you answered the question, is, is the thing, Mike. I think, you, I think you told me how good Everton were. You said they had a striker once, they had some sweets, they played in a match with numbers. Yeah. That doesn't tell me why they're bigger than Sutton United, to be honest. I mean, all those facts were excellent. I really enjoyed I it. I can good. feel Mike. the equalisers um, coming I, on I don't, I don't... Feel like you Five told me down. why they were bigger than Sutton United. I don't feel like you answered the question. Well, I think you're a numpty. Rule. You think I'm a numpty? That's early, Tim, early don't, on. Don't get on. in there. Take points away. I'm going to give you two goals for that there, Mike. Two goals out of ten. Fantastic. Pathetic. It was pathetic. Sutton United. Yeah, Tim by Sutton United are bigger than Everton, and I very was very impressed with that, which was frankly a list of facts. I was impressed, but they were just facts. I'm going to use science. First of all, let's talk about how any football fan thinks about football. It's not objectively, it's subjectively. So let's start off straight away and say, look into my heart and say which club is bigger. Sutton United is bigger in my heart. I cannot even see any trace of Everton in my heart. Sutton United is in my heart because it is 2.4 miles from where I was born. The Everton ground, and I've looked into this and this is scientific, is 243 miles from where I was born. Therefore, it is smaller in my heart. That's the first thing I would oh, say. Load of the second thing I would say is this. All around the world, when you are supporting all a team... All around the world. Thank you, Harry Seeker. But all around the world, when you support a team of any t- type of sport, this is the chant you hear. Club name. Club yeah. name. <laughs> club name. The two-syllable club fits the best and most effective chant in sport. Sutton. Sutton. No, 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 no. Let's no. just try this for a minute. You, bro, I listen to you. You listen to me, please, Mike Perry. Take this on board. I'll try this now with Everton. Crash. Everton. <laughs> Everton. Yeah, I can't even do it. I can't even do it. Let's all have a go. Everton. Rhythmically, it is smaller than Sutton. You should get rid of, and this is just a suggestion to you, get rid of the, the middle syllable and rename yourselves Eton. <laughs> now, the second thing I want to say yeah, is get about... David Cameron to the second thing, and this is, I say it the second, this is the third thing, this is also scientific. The most popular first letter of words in the English language is S. Is it? It is. Yeah. Sutton begins with S. You'd probably like to yeah. know where E appears on that list. <laughs> so the smorgasbord. E, e is actually, and this is something that my, my father is no longer with us, but he, he actually drew this up. Here it is. It's, it's a, he went through the dictionary Ooh. and found out what the most popular letters were. The letter E is the 11th most popular letter. It's not 11th. It does not figure at all. So there again, we see that Sutton it's is special. It's not as common. And then I will say this. Then I will say this. Sutton was founded in 1898. Yes. Everton was founded in 1878. 20 That's years right. earlier. Exactly. Quite right. And one, one of the great cliches we hear all the time. Mm. Younger is bigger. We hear it all the time. Yeah. Younger yeah. is bigger. Yeah, but tradition and heritage come with a football club. You haven't I, got any. I stayed in the yeah. Malmaison, yeah. may, yeah. may, yeah. may, may I say, to drop a hotel name <laughs> in Liverpool. Yeah. And they have two big suites there. One is the cop and the other is the toffee room or something. I've stayed in them both. I think you need to have a little look at the way the toffee room is. It is is about a a twentieth the size of the cop. Even in this city of the place, it's not even the biggest. And there we are. Very good. Very, very good. And that's the end of that. The alarm goes there. This club plays at Gander Green Lane. It's a joke. It sounds like a circus. It very much reminded me that of... um, 
Watford v Man City last weekend. <laughs> yeah. And the, the constant scientific facts on always. why yeah, always. Sutton, but not just science as well, the emotional response to football is what uh, you give, you give you him a couple of goals. Onto. I don't mind if it's a Very, draw. very good. <laughs> I liked uh, bringing in the Malmaison in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, you both mentioned sweets. I'm a man in, of the people. In, it's not even the biggest club in the city it's in. I liked your complete argument. And I'm going to have to take a goal off Mike as well for interrupting during it. So he goes down to one goal for his answer. And Tim Vine, I'm going to give you nine goals for your answer. Why Sutton are... Because I was convinced that Sutton were a bigger club than Everton. At the end of that round, it is Sutton nine, Everton six. Now, when Danny Murphy speaks, the nation listens. He's a poet in the pundit's chair and a verbal violinist who translates the game of football into sweet, sweet music. So who better to share some of his favourite quotes from the world of football? All our teams need to do is tell me who said it originally. The losing side goes first, which is currently Everton, Mike Parry, Natalie Sawyer. We're going to start with this quote here from Danny Murphy. Don't tell those coming in the final result of this fantastic match, but let's have another look at Italy's winning goal. Can you tell me who said that? Was it A, John Motson, B, David Coleman, C, Des Lynham. John Motson, David Coleman or Des Lynham? I think it's Motty. Do you? Yeah, I don't know why. It wasn't Des Lynham. He didn't do things like that. And as for David Coleman, he he was... David Coleman was famous for... And it's one Torino opening his legs and showing his class (laughs) as he goes down the straight. So he can't be famous for two. I I don't know, because he was Coleman Balls, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what he referred to. He must have made more than one. I saw Motty in the pub yesterday. I should have asked him. Um... (laughs) I suggest this. you knew the question. Yeah, 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 it's true. <laughs> well, you're you're captain, captain, so you take okay. responsibility. Um, well, okay, I'm I'm going to go with David Coleman. Go with David Coleman. The answer is David yeah. Coleman. Well oh, done, Skipper. Well, this well, is fantastic. Yeah. See, that's why you're not see, yeah, see why you're not captain there. Leader, the, leader. The questions being answered as yeah. we played the quiz. We felt it was as well, so we were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to go to. So we get quote, four goals for that, do we? One goal for that. We're going to go to quote two. From Danny Murphy. With the very last kick of the game, Bobby McDonald scored with a header. With the very last kick of the game, Bobby McDonald scored with a header. Who said that? Was it Martin Tyler, Clive Tilsley, or Alan Parry? Well, all I can say is Bobby McDonald's obviously that's obviously a long time ago. Yeah, but never heard of Bobby McDonald. Neither no, I. So, so what were the options? Uh, Martin Tyler, who is the Woking assistant manager. You will know that Tim, being a non-league football fan. Yes. Clive Tilsley. Yeah, or Alan Parry. I think I might Alan, go Alan. I would go Alan Parry. I'd I mean, go he's Alan been Parry. Around he's been around a long time. Don't besmirch my uncle like that. Been longer, around longer <laughs> than Mike Parry. Surely he has, not. actually. Yes. Uh, you gone with Alan Parry? Yes. It is Alan Parry. Oh, it's yeah, one yeah, goal all good, in this round. Good. Quote three, let's hear it. If we played like this every week, we wouldn't be so inconsistent. Played like this, we wouldn't be so <laughs> inconsistent. Uh, here we go. Was it Gerard Houllier, Brendan Rogers, or Brian Robson? Mm, is that Robbo? Is that Brian Robson? Well, yeah, I can't mm-hmm. imagine Gerard Houllier would have said that. I don't that. think Gerard Houllier would have said it. If we played every week like this, we would not be so inconsistent. No, and who's the third person? Did he have a cold? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> who's the, the third person? Well, yeah, the middle... well, he's Italian. They talk like that. <laughs> Sorry, what's, um, who's the third person? It was Houllier, Brendan Rogers, or Brian Robson. He's French, isn't he? He is French, isn't he? <laughs> he's French. And, and it couldn't have been Brendan Rogers, because Brendan Rogers would have said, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. But I've been more consistent. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going for Brian Robson. You're going for Brian Robson? Correct. Brian Robson currently 100% on this round. Excellent. Here we go for quote four from Danny Murphy. Germany are a very difficult team to play. They had 11 internationals out there today. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Germany are a very difficult team to play. They had 11 internationals out there today. Was it Lee Dixon, Michael Owen, 
or Steve Lomas. I think that it's going to be Lomas simply because the other two are very well-known names and someone rather lazily in the office has gone, oh, we'll just give a couple of others to... Yeah, I know what you mean. Lomas is Lomas. a very weird one to, weird just one to, to choose to pick add out into the blue, a list. Isn't it? Yeah, just to try and you know, outthink the question um, master. Um, I, my first thought was that if we're wrong, if you, if you go Lomas, yeah. I, I think Lee Dixon, but let's go Lomas. Lomas or Hibas? <laughs> what do you want to say? <laughs> uh, let's you, go Lomas. 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 Steve Lomas. It is Steve Lomas. Yes, well played, oh, Alex. Well on that round. Fantastic. Which makes it Everton 8 and Sutton United 11 goals. Next up, something not for the faint-hearted, as we slaughter another sacred cow in the round known as Sporting Heretics. You have been warned. Listen to the Glory Hunters podcast. Remember to subscribe because you wouldn't want to miss out on this magic, would you? is Glory Hunters on TalkSport with me, Charlie Baker. If ever there's a fixture that typifies the magic of cup football, then today's does. It's Sutton United v Everton. On the Everton team sheet are Natalie Sawyer and Mike Parry, while Alex Lowe and Tim Vine are representing Sutton. Now, at this point, I want each of you to abandon your principles and go all out for glory in the round we call Sporting Heretics. Yeah, Sporting Heretics. In this round, I'm gonna invite each of our panel to deliver a piece of pure sporting blasphemy, the kind of thing you wouldn't express in polite company. Most people wouldn't. Mike, I'm looking beyond you here. However, this is a safe space. Good arse. And you have the freedom to express your thoughts, however disagreeable they may be, just an average day, Mike. In fact, the more horrified, shocked, and disgusted I am, the more you will score. Okay, I'm gonna say who goes in which order. Uh, Natalie, we're gonna start with you, and we're gonna start with you, and you're gonna say goal music is great. It is great, and I think if a team doesn't use goal music, then they are missing out on full potential of home advantage. Now, football isn't a game that is won uh, on the pitch, it is won in the mind. Fergie, he loved a mind game, didn't he? And music after a goal is the ultimate mind game because it really creates that atmosphere, it gets the crowd going, and it tells the opposition, you're rubbish because we've just scored and we're celebrating. And it shouldn't just be about when the home team scores. You should be using music all the time. When a player gets sent off, for example, hit the road, Jack, or a bit of Dame Vera Lynn, we'll meet again. Uh, <laughs> it should be used when the opposition manager is told off by the referee. You could have the pretenders, stop your sobbing. Or how about Christina Aguilera, a bit of dirty, when there's a, a, a naughty foul <laughs> committed by the opposition player. So goal music isn't making football like a pantomime, it's parking its tanks on the opposition lawn and taking the mind games to a new level. Excellent, excellent, excellent. This is what I call brain work. Very, very good. And I didn't agree with any of it either, which was really good, wasn't it? I think faking atmosphere at sporting events is the worst thing that can happen to any sporting event. Having lived and worked in America, I can see the value of exactly what you said there, Natalie. You are way ahead of the game. (laughs) The Cricket World Cup was spoiled by every time there was a six or whatever, them playing some music or other so I completely disagree with you I hate gold music I did like the fact though that you'd made a, a mix like a mixtape mm-hmm. like you used to give a boyfriend or a girlfriend when you were growing up oh look I made you a mixtape of songs that say 
I love you, but yeah. in a secret way. Yeah, which yeah, is what yeah. you've done for football Thank as well, you. which was annoying as well. So uh, that was very good. So I'm going to give you a lot of goals now. I'm going to give you nine goals. Wow. Brilliant. Natalie oh. Sawyer, Tim Vine, yes. you want to get rid of half-time. And the reason why I think we should get rid of half-time is because it will increase the excitement in the stadium because there will be more tiredness from the players and more tiredness will mean more goals. More goals will mean more excitement. But plus that, it becomes like a war of attrition for all of us. It, you never get that annoying thing anymore where people, you know, you know when you go to the, in half time, you go and get a, a pie or a beer or something and you're back slightly, you miss the first 30 seconds of the, of the second half. You don't get that anymore. You're there for the whole shebang. You're there for the whole thing. Um, but once again, and also the, the loo, you've got to hold back from going to the loo and it just, the whole, it's, it just creates this building sense of uh, tension and excitement, mainly excitement. But once again, once again I say this as I did when I was talking about Sutton United versus uh, Everton as the biggest club, I'm going to lean on science because roughly how many games... You yourself a question. bit of a scientist, don't you? Yes. Mm. How many games of uh, on a Saturday are played, would you say, for a Premier League club in a calendar year? Maybe 40 or is it more than that, do you think? On a Saturday? On a, on a Saturday. Uh, five, um, no, no, say, a bit more than that. A bit more than that, yeah. yeah what, 50 maybe or something? Yeah, yeah. something like that. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. So 50 um, times, well, I put it as 40. Let's take it as 40 as an example. Mm, mm. 40 times 15 minutes is 600 minutes, right? Divide by 60. That's 10 hours of extra time you've given yourself on a Saturday night. Fantastic. So you've, you've seen the game. You haven't missed any football at all from what you'd normally see, but you've got 10 more hours to in have fun pub. with your mates in your pub or whatever it is. Well, this is the most rubbish in. idea I've ever heard. <laughs> you can edit that out. But edit. Rubbish. I love half-time. Half-time is when this you go... This your argument. Well, OK, well, I'm just telling you. <laughs> you can tell me in a minute. Hold on. Hold, hold that thought. That is it. I th- well, unfortunately, Tim, I agree with everything you said, which is not the point of this round. I think getting rid of half-time would be an excellent idea. I think You'd have players collapsing. Exactly, there'd be more oh, mistakes. You're arguing back at you. Why I like why I like National League football and lower league football is because there are more mistakes, which makes which makes for more goals, more excitement. So it's good. So you've also, agreed if, with yeah. me. Yes, I agree with you. And if they can play, if tennis players can play on their own for yes. five hours sometimes, five sets, then why are footballers having half time off? I don't understand. Wasn't it, it famously someone during that recent Berry crisis who said about going to see Berry? It was rubbish, but it was exciting rubbish. And that's fine. And that's the that similar principle. Mm. So playing you know, for ninety minutes. That's an hour the mentality of a non-league fan. It really. Absolutely, it is. The only thing it would take away yeah. is that beautiful rhythm of a football match. For the fact that um, only only eight goals, I suppose. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm going to give you three goals, Tim, because oh. I agree with you far too much. <laughs> right, Mike. Yeah, Mike Parry. Some cities should only have one football team. Exactly. Now, the city in question is Bristol. Ooh, arr, ooh, arr, let's have you, arr, right? Now, there's a chap called Ian Holloway, who uh, works with us sometimes here at TalkSport. Dece- very decent chap, great manager. But, you know, you go and ask him, you know, how many team you think you should be in Bristol there, Ian? Arr, 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 what do you think? And he'll probably say, although I've never asked him, he'll probably say one. Now, the reason is because neither Bristol City or Bristol Rovers have ever won one blinking thing in the whole of the history of their clubs, OK? So what you do is you demolish both their grounds, you abandon both their clubs, you put them together, and guess what colours they'd have if you did? They'd have Barcelona's colours, blue and red stripes. You would then build a new ground, you'd call it Bristol, 
Not Bristol City or Bristol Rail, it was just Bristol. In fact, to be even more clever, Bristol United, okay? Bristol United, one team in Bristol, they could probably then start putting themselves on the football mat. It's a brilliant idea. Sheffield, I'm afraid, have got to face up to the fact that neither of those teams have ever won a blinking thing. Sheffield so Wednesday, did. Sheffield Wednesday, did. Sheffield Wednesday never won anything worth talking about since two centuries ago, okay? Since two centuries ago. One League Cup. Thank one you. League Cup, okay? Um, and, and, and by the way, they got beaten in two finals in the same season by Arsenal, so they've never really done anything to whistle home about, okay? I think it's a brilliant idea, though, I'd say. Absolutely brilliant. Yes, and so what I'm saying is that cities who fail with two clubs yeah. could succeed with one. I it agree. would be a step forward the, I agree. in the evolution of football. Obvious, obvious question, Mike, having bleated on about Liverpool and Everton, mm, is mm. how would that stand on Merseyside? Well, it would, you wouldn't do it on Merseyside because each of the clubs in the city of Liverpool have. are gigantic clubs with gigantic histories, gigantic backgrounds. Everton are the yeah. fourth most successful club in this country. Liverpool yeah. are second or third. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. I think it's a really, in so many ways, I think it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, you, you said many, many song. abrasive things that I didn't agree with. Of all the accents you've done today, which I think there's quite a few, yeah, yeah. I think it was the least successful, and that's adding it to a long list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the idea itself sense. is very good, isn't it? Yeah, the phrase, brilliant. the phrase, not a lot to whistle home about. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know where that's come from. Well, Who's you... whistling home? Anybody? Well, uh, <laughs> you were whistling <laughs> earlier. <laughs> you were whistling at this very table earlier. Stick that on your whistle and smoke it. Yeah, exactly. that's right. Yeah. Um, so I didn't agree with pretty much anything you said. Not, and the, the, as Alex says, the well, main point is you, goals, you didn't say it? anything about Liverpool and Everton. Yeah. Of course having... you don't, because they survive individually as great clubs. Right, but you could just Bristol City and Bristol Rovers are trash. You could just flatten Stanley Park and build a one stadium there and put the two teams together. Why did you not think well, of that? Well, they tried to do that. They've, just they've tried to, that plan. I just have to disagree with you. I think that, in, that Mike Parry has come up with a brilliant, brilliant idea. And this is not heretical at all. This is not heretical. This is a fantastic idea. Right. Uh, Tim Vine, I think he's speaking to you. I don't, I don't agree it's, at all. It's heretical to people of Bristol who are, I'm telling you, you're not knocking down my football stadium. In a round, the way you're supposed to annoy me. Mike, you've scored maximum points. Congratulations, Joe oh, Dolls. No. I mean... Thank you. Wow. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. OK, we're going to finish this round with Alex, and you are going to say anyone and everyone should be allowed on the pitch yeah. at yeah. all times. Pitch is always seen as sacred. Back in 1982, when I was at QPR, we weren't allowed to run on the pitch in the season, and that was a plastic pitch. And what's more, a very bouncy, useless plastic pitch. Uh, I was uh, there the other day at uh, Crystal Palace versus Wolves. You see the, the warm-up. There's normally a trailer out there whipping them up into a variety of ludicrous exercises. And really, they can't operate properly doing these exercises. Why? Because the pitch is full of other people. I don't know why they bother to pretend they're actually doing anything. You've got, there's usually a sort of club photographer, an ex-club legend saluting the fans in the centre circle. There's often the CEO of a, a local hardware store is sponsoring the game. There's a Boy Scout troop walking around the touchline waving. There's a widow of some poor ex-player in the centre circle, a bloke from Sky with a steady cam, various <laughs> ball boys, the kit man, groundsman, goalkeeping coach, substitutes are on there, club announcer with a microphone who, who is so distorted you can't hear him. Palace, uh, now this is, this, is, this is true, that if you go down to Crystal Palace, you'll remember they also actually have cheerleaders still. They even have an actual bald eagle. Mm. They fly around the pitch mm -hmm. and sell us. 
And, and it's, it's so ludicrous. I mean, last week I was in the Wolves' End, and a bloke turned to me, having seen this eagle, and asked me, honestly, why don't they actually have a real-life wolf at Molyneux to go around the place? Which, the way things are going, I don't put it past them. So it just seems to me that, you know, there's so much going on the pitch. Why not let the fans come on as well? And let's all have a kick about. I just want to say, he's on my team, but I found all of that really irritating. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, sorry but I'm sure that annoyed you. Well, no, no, unfortunately, unfortunately, I... I, I didn't annoy us, did it? No. Uh, no. Oh. no, no. <laughs> First thing Mike's not been no, annoyed no, about no, for, the whole, no, no. for the whole game. Unfortunately, Alex... I'd say um, so unirritating, I couldn't um, make I it. I agree with you. I'm afraid. I'm a, I mean, I yeah. do like a nice pitch, oh. but I think one of the things that has taken football away uh, from the common fan yeah. is the fact that the pitch is not a leveller anymore. You know, you look at the pitches now; they're absolute bowling greens, absolutely incredible. Yeah. Whereas you watch 60s, 70s, 80s football, and it's like they're playing on some trench. You can see there some mud. Absolutely fantastic. You can yeah. see some mud, like and it's fantastic. Yeah. And that was a fantastic. So I, th I agree with you that Base we should bring that back. Unfortunately. Yeah. For you, but you you painted a beautiful picture, and for yeah. that, I'm going to give you three goals. Oh, that's that's I feel three. that this this anger you have yeah. comes from the fact that you were the reserve ball boy, and you were not allowed anywhere near the pitch. <laughs> exactly. Ah, great yeah. point there. An extra goal for Natalie there is an extra, and, uh, an, an excellent. Point. Yeah, but more anger on 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 show, so another <laughs> goal to us, perhaps. Yeah. No, no goals for you there. So at the end of that round, the scores are Sutton United 17, Everton 28. Well, still to come, we hit the flux capacitor and travel back in time to a momentous moment in each club's history. That's next on Glory Hunters on Talk Sports. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
listening to Glory Hunters here on TalkSport with me, Charlie Baker, where today's game sees plucky underdog Sutton United in the shape of Tim Vine take on footballing behemoth that is Mike Parry's Everton. Time now for Back in the Day, where we travel back to a landmark year in both clubs' history. Natalie and Mike, we're going to go back to 1985 okay. and this. Now here's Sheedy. Well, there's the answer. Kevin Sheedy's goal, securing victory for Everton in the Cup Winners' Cup final against Rapid Vienna. But what else do you remember of that year, 1985? This is going to be the question. 1985 saw Everton victorious in Europe and crowned league champions, but they were denied the chance of the treble after losing 1-0 to Man United in the FA Cup final, a game which made history because of this. McGrath. Oh, the straight by McGrath. Booked. It looks as though Peter Willis is going to send Kevin Moran off and we could have a player sent off in the FA Cup final for the first time ever. Kevin Moran becoming the first player to be sent off in the FA Cup final. Can you tell me though, to date, how many players in total have been sent off in the FA Cup final? How many players in total have been sent off in the FA Cup final? Is it three? Four or five. What's that got to do with 1985? I think it's three, Cap. Yes, I'm happy to go Three, four or five, what do you think? We're going to go three. You're going to go for three? The answer is five. Of course it is. What? They are Jose Antonio Reyes, Pablo Zabaleta, Chris Smalling and Victor Moses in 2017. So let's go to question two. Along with Kevin Moran, there were a few other notable firsts in 1985. But can you tell me which of these did not make their debut in 1985? Paul Gascoigne, EastEnders, The Phantom of the Opera. Which of those did not make their debut in 1985? Paul Gascoigne, EastEnders, The Phantom of the Opera. Is this our question? Yes, for us. Right, okay. Gascoigne was much later, because remember his his year was 90, and he broke the England team in 98. So I'm saying Gascoigne hadn't made his debut, right? Okay. Uh, EastEnders. Now, I was the news editor of the Daily Express, and the editor, Nick Lloyd, splashed on EastEnders every day for about a week. I would say that was probably... That was early 80s. A bit earlier, Yeah, a bit earlier. Natalie, do you like EastEnders, Natalie? It's not for me. Not not a massive soap fan. I was into EastEnders. You were in EastEnders? Tim Reynolds. I was in EastEnders. What did Tim Reynolds do? You know which do? figures Tim are down Reynolds. to 2.9 million an episode? Bring now, back, bring oh back Tim Reynolds. From a peak of 18 million, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's yeah. the third option? The third option was the Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera for me. What do you think, Cap? Go on. Can you recap the question again? It's not your question, but I can. It's not, no, but I'm going to write down again. the answer. Mm. Which of these did not make their debut in 1985? Paul Gascoigne, mm. EastEnders, the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yeah, I see, see. So we've got to say which didn't. Uh, I think we're going for Paul Gascoigne, don't oh. we, Cap? Go on then. Yeah, Paul Gascoigne. Can I say what I've written down here? No, we don't want to know, thank you. Tim Vine. 
I've what have you written down? I've written down EastEnders. You've written down EastEnders. You're both wrong. The answer is The Phantom of the oh. Opera, which made its debut and came out in 1986. The first episode of EastEnders was the 19th of February, 1985. And Paul Gascoigne made his debut for Newcastle in a 1-0 home win against QPR. Let's go to question three about 1985. Goals, 1985 was, of course, a time when an appearance in the FA Cup final meant that teams would record a song. And Everton were no different. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Everton are the best, we all know. We're the team, we're supreme, number one. And we love you, Everton. There we are. There we go. Did you buy a copy of it? Uh, several. Several oh, copies? Yes, absolutely, yeah. Mm. yeah. Why did you yeah. buy so many? Just, just to... Well, because I just wanted to keep buying them. I've still got a copy, but I haven't got a record player anymore. But uh, no, it was a brilliant song. They wore blue tracksuits, went on the Terry Wogan show and, uh, you know, ran onto the stage singing this. Peter Reid, of course, you know, leading the way. Brilliant. Those Fantastic. The OK, the Those Everton the team there with their FA Cup single, Here We Go. But can you tell me how far it went in the chart? Yes. Hang on a second. Was it number 34, number 24, or number 14? 34, 24, 14. Yeah, it went, I tell you what, cup final records always hit the top 20 in those days, OK? It was, it was as, as standard as the Christmas, uh, you know, record, number one. And it was 14, because Everton was so popular. We, we really were the best team of the 80s. We would have won the European Cup, but for the tragedy of Hazel, um, we got into the charts. So, cap... My 14. advice is 14. We're going to go... Well, I've written down EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to go 14. Going to go for 14. Correct answer Yay, is 14. There we are. Everton were the biggest team of the 80s other than all-conquering Liverpool, of course. Now, in that round, you scored one goal, which takes you to 29. So, Alex and Tim playing for Sutton United. We're going back to 1979 and this. This is the self-preservation society. This is the self-preservation society. The, the bees, the bees are our friends. I oh, know, that's the swarm, isn't it? I'm doing... <laughs> <laughs> the theme right. there from the Italian job, because yes. the year 1979 will be etched upon the memory of every Sutton United fan over a certain age, because it was the year they won the Anglo-Italian Cup. Of course it was. Isn't that exciting? Yes. In fact, they were the first and only English team to win this short-lived semi-professional competition. Who was it? Who won it? Sutton United. <laughs> but Don't what else? Be ridiculous. Yeah. Sutton never won anything. But what else can you recall of that landmark year 1979? Question one. 1979 was another year of firsts, including this when Trevor Francis signed for Forest. A small army of loyal fans and pressmen turned out to cheer Britain's first million pound footballer into Nottingham. His new boss, Brian Clough, seemed more anxious to play squash than talk about his record deal. But does the new player still have things to learn before he starts to repay the huge transfer fee? Oh, I wouldn't have thought so. He has all the equipment uh, needed to be a highly successful player. That's why we've invested a million pounds of Nottingham Forest money. No the lad will be fine. Once he's... formula that you want him to fit in. Oh, no, no, no. We don't have a formula here apart from success. Oh, what a lovely answer, wasn't it? Anyone got a, anyone got a Brian Clough impression in their locker, Mike? No, young man. 
When you see them birds in your back garden and they've got no bread, I want you to go out there and give them some bread. I drive a Mercedes and I think everybody should. There we are, oh, definitely was good. Yeah. Oh, you won't yeah. leave me, yeah. will you, Harold? Mm. <laughs> oh, father. Young man, get father. your hair cut. Anyway, yeah. here we are. Let's ask the first question. Right, go for it. Trevor Francis became Britain's first million pound player but who was the first two million pound player? Oh, good the question. Grief. Was it Ian Rush, Liverpool to Juventus, Mark Hughes, Man United to Barcelona, or Chris Waddle, Spurs to Marseille? That's oh, Rush. That's Hughes. Very, Waddle. very difficult question, isn't it? Um, I know the answer, but I'm not telling anybody. So Ian Rush, Chris Waddle, or Mark Hughes? Ian Rush, Mark Hughes, or Chris Waddle? I've got a feeling the Mark Hughes transfer was where to where? Mark Hughes was Man United to Barcelona. I've got a funny feeling about Russia. You don't, or maybe oh. Rush was a million quid as well. I don't know whether. Yeah, but it's sometime after. I think. I think it. The, the, I, I know what you mean. If, if you if you think about those three transfers, the one that I've got the most memory of is is everyone talking about how Ian Rush did at Juventus yeah, in that black and white strap. Um, it was like stri- playing in a foreign country. Exactly. It's something about the also fact that Mike Perry said he knew the answer. I don't know the Liverpool connection. Yeah, yeah. I think we should perhaps go Ian Rush then, shall we? I don't know he's got an inscrutable look about him. Um, I am inclined to go rush, but I might be wrong. Well, I'm inclined to follow you. There we go. Alex, you're the captain. I'm saying Ian Rush. You're saying Ian Rush. The answer is Mark Hughes, Man United to Barcelona. Sorry, written down here. They're written down there, if you Mike. (laughs) Question two. With strikes bringing the country to a standstill and Britain in the grip of the winter of discontent, it's easy to forget that this was also a time of innovation. But which of these game changers were first introduced to the public that year? The Walkman, Space Invaders, the VHS video recorder. Ah. Which was first introduced to the public that year, 1979, the Walkman, Space Invaders, or the VHS video recorder? Right, I think the Walkman's later. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Space Invaders, I think, is slightly later, to be honest. Do you? Yeah, I remember I had a French exchange person who used to play that, and that was slightly later. And the other one was what? The chopper? The VHS video recorder. The VHS video recorder's mm. got to be later than 79, surely, hasn't it? Hasn't it? I've got a feeling it might be Space Invaders because I started high school in 1980. going to push you for an answer. We're going to go Space, space Invaders. Invaders. We're going to say Space yeah. Invaders. Space Invaders was introduced to the public in 1978. Oh. Bad news. The VHS video recorder was introduced in 1978. Six. The answer is the Walkman. See? Wow. Got really? it again. We got thought it that down. would be... Got it again. Yeah, I'm not seeing any yeah? of these being yeah. written down. Yeah. Question yeah. three. Yeah. While Sutton celebrated winning the Anglo-Italian Cup, Britain's political landscape was shaken by a seismic quake. Where there is discord, may we bring harmony. Where there is error, may we bring truth. Where there is doubt, may we bring faith. And where there is despair, may we bring hope. Dana, love her. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher arriving at Downing Street, a Prime Minister who wasn't football's biggest fan, although she did once compliment the England team on their efforts in the 1990 World Cup. But what did she find most pleasing about their performance? A, the fact that they sang the national anthem with gusto. They didn't <laughs> impersonate the death scene from Richard III when they were brought down. They refrained from kissing one another after the scoring of a goal. I think they went in for kissing. They probably did, didn't they? 
It must I be the first one. I love they sung it with gusto. <laughs> it's going to be that. I can imagine her saying that. Is that your answer, Alex? Or the yeah, I think it? so. I think yeah. that's absolutely right. I'm afraid the answer is that they didn't impersonate the death scene from Richard so III. They didn't go over the top. So you got that, that was wrong. extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, as yeah, yeah. well. So I'm afraid to say in that round you got no goals Which must all. have annoyed you. Oh. Hence. <laughs> it's oh, a different round, Tim. Oh, it's no. a different round, Tim. So the current score is 29-17. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Here on Glory Hunters, we like to probe in areas other shows traditionally shy away from, and that's why we do this. Our esteemed panel are about to face the scrutiny of the general public and have absolutely no idea what they'll ask as we play A Question of Sport Time. first question please hello i'd like to ask the panel when did you realize that you would never become a professional sports person when did you realize you would never become a professional sports person mike parry well i haven't given up hope yet oh <laughs> i'm planning on moving to the northeast of england uh, to retire when I get into middle, middle age, because I'm now in early middle age, okay? Okay. And uh, I have been fascinated, uh, because it's only just south of the border with Scotland, to take up that sport in Scotland where they chuck rocks uh, down the ice, you know what I mean? And then run after it with a a brush. Curling. Curling, Curling. Curling. And I have every ambition. There is a, um, there is a, you know, mature person's league up there in Scotland. I think I can get in. So the answer is, I haven't given up becoming a professional sportsman. I want to be a senior international curler. Okay, have you ever curled before? I've watched it. All right, okay. I've watched so it a lot. You're going from zero, yeah, expecting yeah. to be able to become a professional in it, and how many years? Well, well uh, maybe, that would only take me a couple of years, but w- what attracts me is that as you get older, you tend to sort of stoop a bit, and it seems to me that game's played on one knee. All right. You, uh, do you know you have two different shoes, by the yeah, way? Yeah. What, what, one that grips the ice and mm-hmm. one that doesn't. You go forward with your curl, and uh, I think most of the people I see are blinking useless, yeah. and I can do it better. I what about the, the brushing? Quite... You don't have to do the brushing. No, I don't do the well. brushing. I get somebody else to run around in front of my curl. Yeah, but you have to do the brushing stone. at some point, and, 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 you? and, and brush in front of me. So the answer is, I haven't given up hope. I can still do it. I've quite... achieved many things in my life, and I haven't finished yet. Quite disrespectful to the professional curlers out there. Alex Lowe. Um, I think I first discovered I was never going to be a sportsman uh, because there's one award for excellence at a football club that conversely will give you a pretty good idea that you're not excellent and that's the Clubman ah. Award which I won in 1982 and I remember being the sub what I perceived was like you know only a few games and subbed off during other games and I, I sort of thought that everyone was sort of in rotation but to my horror I received not the player of the year, not the player's player of the year, but an award for, as far as I could tell, for being a good sport and wanting to stand on the touchline without going home on the bus. Uh, if you know the expression damning with faint praise, <laughs> that award is the physical manifestation of that expression. The manager thanks you for being a substitute for the season. And, you know, it's being recognised for not playing for a team. You know, you might as well have an award for not being the first man on the moon or uh, the not Nobel Peace Prize for contributing nothing to world peace. Or not being very good at quiz shows. Oh, uh, well, that's... Wow. Um, Is that a bit harsh? Very low, wasn't it? Very low. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of, there was a lot well, of respectful um, uh, nodding and, and hushed applause when I went to get my Clubman Award. But yeah. really, 
I know my contemporaries are all thinking, blimey, I dodged a bullet. So I would say mid-May 1982. And how tall time. were you at this point? Uh, what relevance is that? That's one of your mini clubmen. Oh, oh, there we are. What a lovely, wasn't oh, it? That was in, your, lovely. in your territory there, Tim. Wow. Uh, lovely answer. Thank you. I'm going to do scores at the end of this question. Natalie Sawyer. Well, I think it was when I realised that it involved physical education oh. and that sort of thing, and dedication, I should say. Uh, I just wasn't prepared to put it in and then realised I could go out with my mates of a weekend. Did so you play hockey? Only at school. Or netball? Really? Netball, a little bit netball, netball, like netball. Natalie, come on. Tell Sorry. Mike, tell Should Mike. say, four years unbeaten on the school relay team. But then, as I say, yeah. I realised that you had to be dedicated to it. Yeah. But then I'm a bit like Mike. I still haven't really given up hope. Can I just say, you are in no way like Mike. <laughs> you know, carry on. I still feel like I can do things and that I am sporty and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and competitive. Do you do any sport now? No, that's the problem. Um, my boyfriend, though, is one of those people that's good at everything. So every time I think, I can beat you at this, he will still beat me. Oh. And archery was something years ago I was told well, to take up. Yeah. I never did, but I was told I should have done. And I still have faint hopes that maybe one day I'll just pick up that bow and arrow and I can and be a professional archer. Professional archer. Mm. Pretty, pretty good. I like the answer. Uh, Tim Vine. Well, listen, we're, we're two teams here and I shouldn't really be agreeing with my opponents, but I 100% agree with Natalie and Mike Parry, the broadcaster, that, uh, that, it's not, that it's not over yet. It's, it's, it's absolutely yeah. not over yet, and yeah. I still have, I still hold out hope to be one well, of the main three things: a pop star, a professional sports star, and a mayor. However, I have given up, I think, on being a professional darts player. Now, oh. I love darts, and I play for a, a pub team. Mm -hmm. But I, and once again, we're going to apply some science to this. Okay. Lovely. Last Christmas, I gave you, I my, gave heart. you my heart. I gave you my dart. <laughs> Last Christmas, I was watching the BDO um, World Darts Championship, and in a break between the main thing, they brought on the, the finalists for the Youth Championship. And on came this, these two kids. The winner was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. He played absolutely incredible. He was 10 times better than me, and he, you know, he finished the match on a 121 finish or what have you. And what I realised, which, which fascinated me, was that I'm a 52-year-old man. I have played more darts, this is almost definite. In fact, I would say this is definite. I've played more darts in my 52 years than that kid has in his 13. Mm -hmm. I must have. Yeah. I absolutely must yeah. have. So the 10,000 10, hour the rule, 10, you think? Hour thing, I think it's not in, always true, the 10,000 hour rule. I think some people have gifts in some areas and darts, though I love it, and though, and I'll tell you this also, this is no word of a lie, I threw the first three darts I threw today, I promise you it's true, it was a 180. I promise you. Lovely. You wrote but it down you. on your piece of paper. I wrote it down. Um, and then I threw a 140 and then I went 21, 7, oh. all that sort of thing. <laughs> so it's too much of a mixed bag. But, so, so I do think that I have to let go of the darts thing. Everything else is still up for grabs and I will take on Mike Parry at curling oh. in the Olympics. Oh. Yeah, okay. Oh, very yeah. nice, very yeah, nice. That's a good idea. I'll take you on a darts as well. Very good. I, by the way, I was known as Dead Eye Dick. Yes. Um, yes. That was nothing to do but with that. No, no, <laughs> it's a medical condition. At Nottingham yes. University, where <laughs> I beat a News of the World champion. Used to have News of the World darts champions in those days. Yes, also, I, I forgot to tell Assemble Company, oh, I yeah. am a professional international sportsman anyway. Yes. Because I was the midfield general for English grammar schools, but I didn't want to boast about it in such, you know, a company that achieved nothing. Did Sorry? you, get, did you general get, for what? I was the midfield general of English grammar school. Did you get paid for it? I turned down any inducement to play. It means you're not I professional. I love it. It doesn't matter. It means I'm a winner. I, okay. I won the Epsom District Men's Summer Singles League 
uh, competition, and I got um, uh, thirty pounds, I think, for it or something. Fantastic! And my brother and Alex, I won the nineteen seventy nine junior uh, talent contest. Hold on a minute. My brother and I won the 1979 Walls Cornetto Junior Talent Contest uh, to Blue Waters Holiday Camp, Seaton, Devon. £25. You played tennis or... while Seaton? Oh, yeah. So... No, no, it was a talent right. contest. And but, you, you know, it's since. It's win Cornettos? We won Cornettos, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one? That's not bad. That's the best. Just one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also forgot to tell you I'm oh, a yeah. boxing champion. Okay, yeah. Oh, Butlins, I've heard about yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've all oh, heard this. Yeah, oh, yeah, anyone's yeah. ever listened to yeah. talk sport, we've yeah. heard this story. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, yeah. that's why I didn't want to repeat it today. Never I proven. wanted to bring some new, <laughs> new light to my, my, uh, my acumen in These sport. are all very good stories, but none, none of them are winning the champion. School's relay four years in a row, so Natalie as ever gets extra goals for that. So these are the goals for this round. Mike Parry, for the sort of patronising and disrespect of curling and everyone who plays curling in Scotland, you get no goals for that round, I'm afraid. It's a fix. The clubman, <laughs> clubman of the year, lovely even five goals out of ten. Okay, just like in the right. middle, you know. Thank you. Sort of just, just Oh, let's be nice average. to everybody and get five goals. <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> Natalie Sawyer, you get eight oh, goals for your you. answer, oh, which I hope you. really helps you. To take up the archery. I like that. I, I, like that. I think that should be it's your target. You've inspired me. Um, Tim Vine, 10. Oh, 10 goals. Beautiful. 10 goals. Right, oh, beautiful. beautiful. A beautifully scientific one... answer. Yeah, scientific. Science. Not just uh, the, the, the sort of mumbles of someone in a dark room. Science. Science is drivel. There we are. Okay. And that is the end of that round. And with the appliance of science, the scores are Sutton United 32, Everton 37. There we are. Next up, there's still everything to play for as we go into the round we call Injury Time here on Glory Hunters on TalkSport. Mike. Yeah. Mike, you have your own podcast at the moment. I certainly do. Planet, Planet Porky. Going very well indeed, thank you. Hosts of celebrities have yeah. joined me to... Um, let people know what it's like to be on Planet Porky. I'm going to invite Tim Vine to come and join me on Planet Oh, I'd Porky. love to do it. I'm going to invite Alex. Oh, I'm going to invite you. Natalie. Yeah. Okay, because this is the place Dodged to be. the bullet there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, of course I'm going to invite you. But as you've, as you've cheated mostly throughout this show to try and put me down, <laughs> you will be at the end of the queue. I haven't put you down in any way. And, now, what do you do yeah. on Planet Porky? What, what's the, what do you talk about? Well, what is there any catering? There is no, no, not How yet. do you get there? Not, it'll come. Well, it, you've got to remember it's a parallel universe, and what you do on Planet Porky is you learn things that you don't learn anywhere else. Okay. Planet Porky is all about the philosophy of the porkmeister. Oh, yeah. And Planet Porky, who is Porky, and me, the porkmeister, are one and the same person. Okay. And it's a philosophy. So you're talking about yourself in the third person? Like yeah. a boxer? No, no. Yes, I do a bit. When, yeah. when I, you know, when I put a tweet out saying the porkmeister is once again, you know, opening up your minds and 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 reliving, you know, his philosophies on Planet Porky, I am talking about myself. So what, yeah, so, right. what sort of thing? What sort of thing? What, what sort of philosophy? Well, all sorts of philosophies about the way I think the world works and the way the world should work. For instance, what people don't understand is the practicality of looking at things properly. So I live in a road. I live in a road which has uh, got a hill on it, okay? And when the snow comes, people are so stupid, they don't realise that to get up the hill in a car that's driven by the back axle, they should drive up the hill backwards because then you've got grip on the wheels at the back of the car to get you up, okay? I do it all the time. Life advice, life advice. I do it all the time. All these half-bakes, you know, who live in the same part of Stockbroker Belt Surrey as me, don't get it. 
And what happens? They end up with a cart at the bottom of the hill. That's why I always end up that's, at the that, top of the brilliant. hill. You know what? This is a good philosophy for life, isn't it? Thank if you. you can't go up forwards, go up backwards. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Put that on yeah. a fridge magnet and sell do. it as merch. I might do. But that's what it's all about. And at the moment, it's the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. It's good to remind people that you used to be Talk Sports Rugby 2007. Rugby. Tell us about David Campesi. Well, I didn't know who he was until I was sitting next to him at the final. I've been working with him for three weeks. And I only knew him as Dave because, you know, I only met him on match days and all kinds of here's Dave. Hi, Dave. How are you, Dave? I knew he was an Australian. And literally, when we got to the final at the Stade de France, right, I'm sitting there and I'm flicking through the, um, you know, the programme for the final. And there's a list of, you know, the... Uh, 15 greatest ever rugby players, you know, in history. And I'm looking through, I think, that guy looks familiar, the third one. Look <laughs> at it's David Campesi. I had no idea. I only knew was Dave. I only found out he was a rugby player at all when we were in the press centre and Charlie Sale, the famous diarist, now retired for Daily Mail, came up and said, I said, fine, yeah, what's it, Johnny? He said, uh, can I speak to him? I said, speak to who? Him. I said, Dave. I said, yeah, speak to him. Well, do whatever you like. I didn't know I wanted to speak to Dave until I found out he was Campesi. He's a nice guy as well. Tim Vine, you're about to, you've got a tour coming up and a DVD coming well, out. I was going to say, listen to that. I used to go out with the rugby ball. You know, I kicked her out. I said, stay in touch. <laughs> <laughs> and we can see such brilliant jokes as that on your, your DVD. Well, I've got it's yeah, called Sunset it, Milk Idiot. Sunset Milk Idiot, yeah. And it's, uh, it is, I think, going to be on DVD. We were just discussing this uh, yeah. break about whether DVDs exist anymore. Is it on 78? It may be on a 78 as well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, whether it's uh, anyone can actually watch it, but they can hold it. Yes, of course. Yes, yeah. And I think there will be downloads available as well. Sunset the, Milk the plastic, Idiot. Yeah, the plastic was put on the uh, DVD by psychiatrists, it was uh, shrink wrapped. Um, so, but it's uh, yeah, it is available. Uh, I think, well, pretty much now. I think yes, pre-orders. And what's Plastic Elvis? You're going to go on tour. Well, as I've Plastic always, Elvis. Really Tell us about of, that. That's a bit of a vanity project, if I'm honest. I've always loved Elvis Presley. He's my favourite performer since I was about you know 11 years old and first discovered discovered him. I didn't discover him, of course. Did you not? Not yeah. that wasn't you, no. <laughs> no <wasn't> <laughs> but um, so I, I've always wanted to do uh, with a band and, and do yeah. a kind of Elvis tribute thing. Yeah, is that really? I don't know how it's going to work. And how how many I'll dates are you doing with the 20. band? Twenty dates. Yeah, it was a big hit in Edinburgh, wasn't it? You did it, it in Edinburgh. We did one night in Edinburgh. It went very well. Yeah, it was great fun. And John Archer, the magician and John comedian, Archer, he, will he, be with you. And what does he yes, go on as? He goes on as Big Buddy Holly. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. The hiccuping hillbilly sensation. Biggie Sue, Biggie Sue. Exactly that, but exactly with a bit that. more hiccuping. Biggie, yeah. Biggie, 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 Biggie. <laughs> That's going to be great. And you're Sounds on tour, brilliant. Alex. You're on tour at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I played Clinton Baptiste. Clinton Baptiste, Winchester last night. Uh, Winchester line man. Yeah, no, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's this character I played in Phoenix Nights. He's a terrible, uh, undiplomatic, clumsy psychic who gives readings to the audience, yeah. contacts the dead, uh, and then has a massive climax at the end of the show where uh, he goes through the celestial curtain and brings back proof that he's an innocent man. It's good to have the climax at the end of the show. If you, if you, if you so. start with it, it yeah, can all yeah, be just downhill, right. can it? You exactly. know? But I've read some lovely reviews of it as well. It's Thank you so much. Really yes. good, really good stuff. Enjoy it. Sounds, it sounds good. terrific. Now, in the dying moments of the game, we move now into injury time, where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. Remember, you're up against the clock, so speed is of the essence. The current score is Everton 37, Sutton United 32. The current ooh, losing ooh, side ooh. goes first. Okay. Are you ready, gentlemen? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I need you to tell me which of the following are genuine football club mottos by answering true or false. Genuine football club mottos. Do you understand the question? Yes. Yes. Here we go. The time 
starts now. To dare is to do. True. True. Tottenham, every little helps. False. False. It is Tesco's. The house of shouting men. Uh, true. It's true. Gillingham, nothing but the best is good enough. True. It is true. Everton, liberty, equality, fraternity. False. It is false. That's France. In sleep, there is safety. False. False. It is false. That's the Association of Anaesthetists. May Shropshire flourish. True. True. Shrewsbury Town, think different. False. It is false. Apple, pride in battle. True. True. Man City, he who dares. False. It is false. That's Del Boy. Yeah, Straight well to done. the goal. False. False. It's, it's true. Marseille, the best a man can get. False. False. It is false. Gillette, promotes your inner power. False. It's true. Bristol City, blood and fire. False. It is false. Salvation Army, for home and country. False. It is false. The Women's Institute, we are we. True. Well, there it is. It's true. Did Bayern Munich. I'll tell you what. There we are. We've got it did very tell well. You what. Alex Lowe, what We've a got performance. got the Bayern Munich. Thank you. What a performance from Alex there. I just sat back. Thank I you. Had to just let him go. You just saw he, could, yeah. he was seeing it quicker than everyone else. I didn't want to get in the way. So at the end of that round, you got 14 goals, which is a superb wow. performance, especially from Alex there. The cap, a captain's innings, Absolutely. as you call it. Thank and that you. takes you to 46. So Everton, Mike and Natalie, you are currently on 37. Right. So you need nine to draw. Okay. Ten to win. Right. So I want you to tell me which of the following are the original names of football teams when they were first founded. Oh. Okay. I want you to answer true or false. Fine. Your time Fine. starts now. Thornton Heath. True. It is true. Ambridge Athletic. False. It is false. San Domingo FC. True. true. It is true. Everton. Paisley Park. True. False. Brigadoon FC. True. False. St Mary's. True. It is true. Southampton, the Wednesday Cricket Club. True. True. South Sheffield Wednesday. The Hellfire Club. False. It is false. Weatherfield Wanderers. False. It is false. Ardwick Association Football Club. True. It is true. Man City. MacArthur Park FC. False. It is false. Singers FC. False. It's true. Coventry. Salford Lads Club. False. false. It is false. Winterfell Wanderers. False. It is false. Thames Ironworks FC. True. true. It's true. West Ham. Penny Lane Athletic. False. It is false. Dial Square. True. It is true. Arsenal before they became Woolwich. Arsenal. There we are. And at the end of that round, you scored 13 oh, goals. Wow. Which takes you to 50 goals. Which means woo, Mike woo, Parry woo. and Natalie Sawyer, you win on behalf of Everton. Um, the losing Sorry. side, Alex and Tim, Sutton United. Uh, do you have a bland and empty post-match reaction I at all? We haven't got the funds. No, I feel the... responsible for that. Sorry. Not Tim. at all. Look Sorry, what you did at the man. end there. Look there what you did at the end. Well, well done, before. everyone. Oh, you only let me down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, Sorry. Not at all. Not now, at all. to our winners, we say... This is the Self-Preservation Society. And for the losers... We've got to get away from the bottom of that league. I am sick of being bottom of that league. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks to Natalie, Alex, Mike and Tim. Join us again at 9.30 next Sunday on TalkSport. And be sure to download the Glory Hunters podcast available from your favourite podcast provider. Features extra material purely for podcast listeners. Until next time, from myself and everyone here, it's goodbye. So there we are. A win for you there, Mike and Natalie. Are you you pleased, Mike? Well, I put it all down to my captain. Uh, Inspired leadership, uh, terrific knowledge and uh, rapid-fire responses to the dodgy 
uh, questions which you levelled against us <laughs> oh, right. and okay. completely crushed the feeble opposition. Oh dear, Natalie, wow. that means that you get to play with Mike again at some point. I, I look forward to it. I mean, he questioned my leadership at the start, yeah. but I'm glad he got on board in the end. I've never Absolutely. had someone who's more passionate uh, than Mike Listen, Parry. He loves his football and he loves yeah. Everton FC. We'll have to get stuck in. Tim, well, Alex. I, let me just pay tribute to Alex Lowe, who's oh, sitting next to me here, you. the captain of this team. Were it not for his performance, beating, may I say, Everton in that last round, it yes. was incredible. I didn't know any of that, really. 14-13 on the last round. 14-13, absolutely well. incredible. We would, it would have been a much more um, convincing loss, if you can use that phrase. Mm. So uh, we did very well, but uh, I put it down to me not fully understanding that the heretics round, I was yeah. supposed to be annoying you. You're supposed <laughs> to annoy me, and Tim, you've never annoyed me once in your life, so it's very difficult for you, whereas... Mike Parry second is makes nothing. <laughs> well, second is nothing. Second is nowhere. I am at least getting some joy from the fact that Natalie has to uh, sit through another one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it from the Glory Hunters podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Do download, rate and subscribe and review us on iTunes. Really helps us push us up the charts. Thanks very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 